this this topic of um, guru and fidelity is really, really, really important. And it's a topic that the average person doesn't think about. And most people don't really, uh, uh, they don't appreciate how, how important it is. But uh, we should first get on the same page with definition of, of, of guru. Uh, the technical definition of, of guru is dispeller of darkness. Dispeller of darkness. It means he who helps you remove ignorance, the darkness of ignorance. So you're all actually, in essence, profoundly good. But because of ignorance or the darkness in the mind, we, we do all kinds of stuff that is not productive, not helpful, uh, sometimes destructive. So the, the, the function of the guru is to give you understanding to relieve yourself of the errors that you're, you're generating. We understand that you're not going out there purposely causing mayhem. The, the mayhem or the discordant energy that you generate is because of lack of insight. So it's not, it's not a good or bad issue. It's not good boy, bad boys. It's not that. It's that you don't know any better, so you don't do any better. <laughs> you know? And when, when, when you know better, you do better. It, it, it really is that, that simple. So the, the teachers are, are, the Dharma teachers are sort of a, a, a depository of uh, eternal wisdom and eternal insight. The guru is not per se a person. The guru is a principle. The, the guru is a in an eternal energetic. It's not a boy or a girl, man, woman. It's, it's not that. Um, every, every being has a guru buried within them. It's there. The difficulty is it's um, covered over by infinite layers of, of ignorance. It's so the gurus e emerge out of humanity as beings who have just alleviated themselves of a lot of the ignorance, a lot of the psychic rubbish, so, so that the radiance of the natural self can, can, can come through. So you can't uh, judge a guru by their gender. You can't judge the guru by their race. You can't judge the guru by whether they're fat or skinny, you know, or whether the guru wears robes, you know, or whether the guru has uh, positions of authority in a religious uh, uh, organization. None of that stuff makes any difference. You know, just because a person wears fancy robes and has high position doesn't mean that, 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 that they're sanctified. It, it could mean that they're a very good politician. 
They've managed to gain power, hold power, gain position, hold position, you know, and wear fancy robes. Um, but it doesn't essentially mean that they have a more liberated heart. See? So, in this, in this uh, life, you have to be super, super, super careful who you follow, who you have allegiance to. Um, you can say in this way, you, you have three gunas or three qualities, tamaguna, rajaguna, sattvaguna, okay? Three qualities. And then you have that which is beyond the qualities. And so generally people think of gurus as, as a, a type of a religious teacher. But to be very frank, you have gutter teachers. Those are the Tamaguna teachers who, who, are, who may have be very, very uh, powerful in their personality, uh, but they lead you into the gutter. You know, we've all seen uh, politicians who gain tremendous power, tremendous following, and they lead you right into the gutter. So that's a Tamaguna teacher. They, they, they have the ability to draw people, they have the ability to guide people, but they guide them right into the gutter. And we can look anywhere around the world and see how large populations of people follow other individuals into the gutter. <coughs> you know. Then you have uh, uh, the uh, Rajaguna teacher, which uh, stirs up your passions and, and this sort of like a, a salt and pepper. Some things they say are right, some <coughs> things they say are complete nonsense. You know? But, and, and a lot of times when they're saying a bunch of nonsense, they don't know that they're saying a bunch of nonsense. They are the, they, they, they are the case where um, they don't know they're ignorant. <laughs> they don't know that they don't know. But they teach what they believe but the problem is, is what they believe has been unverified. So they read a bunch of books and they hear a bunch of lectures, but they haven't verified anything in their own personal life. So they may be a very good person, um, but the, the, what they teach, they don't really know. What they teach is what they believe, but they don't really know. <laughs> See? That's a real problem um, because some of the stuff they say is correct. Some of the stuff they say is completely nonsense, just utter nonsense. And if they have a magnanimous personality and they're very energetic, it's very easy to say, oh, that person's wonderful. Oh, that person makes me feel good. Oh, I'll follow them, you know. They're happy, I want to be happy. They're prosperous, I want to be prosperous. So I'm going to follow them. Generally, it doesn't turn out too well. <laughs> because uh, you're, you're, you're taking a medicine from that person. Some of the, med 
some of the medicine will make you feel good, but what you don't realize is the, the medicine is like a, uh, a drug. So you have a short-term, oh, I feel wonderful, this sort of felicity, and the long-term is addiction. <laughs> and then your, 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 your life slowly slips into a, into a gutter. So again, you, those teachers are not consciously bad, but because they're teaching things that have not been verified in their own life, basically they're running an experiment on you. You become the lab rat. And if you've been to any lab, you know there's a whole lot of failures before there's a success. Do you want to be the failure? See, a, a true guru is not allowed to experiment on you. See? We're not allowed to do that. But these, these uh, people who are calling themselves gurus, these, these uh, Rajaguna teachers, or sort of um, unenlightened enthusiasts, but they don't know. You know, they're they're hopeful, they're faithful, they think they know, but they don't know that they don't know because they they haven't done the experiments to verify what they're teaching. You become the experiment. <laughs> See, that's not really fair. <laughs> We're not allowed to experiment on you. That's not right. <laughs> See, but the world is is filled with uh, enthusiastic teachers who are willing to empty your wallets and experiment on you. <laughs> it, it, deeply, deeply, deeply unfortunate situation. <laughs> mm. Then you have the, the sattvic teachers. The sattvic teachers are, are, are people who have had many, many, many incarnations, births, uh, of seeking the truth and many, many, many births of um, tutorship under saints. Many, many, many births. Many, many births of profound uh, struggle. Many, many births of profound uh, sacrifice. See? That's the, the sattvic teacher. Now, all the, the, the types of teachers I've talked about the Rajaguna, the Tamaguna, the Tamaguna, Rajaguna, Sattvaguna. I'm talking about unenlightened teachers right now. The enlightened teacher is someone who's gone beyond the, the three qualities. They, they are perfectly stable in sanctity. Perfectly stable in sanctity. All the other types of teachers are still struggling. Even the, the Satyaguna teacher is still in the, in the process of, of, of struggle for the truth. Um, but the, the, they're sort of like um, uh, struggling, the, the, the Satyaguna teachers are sort of like struggling professors of divinity. But the difference is they've run millions of experiments on themselves, <laughs> millions of experiments on themselves. And, a, are, and, and they're are, are persistently under the tutorship of the stable sanctified. Uh, so that when they're talking, they're referencing uh, 
experiments that they themselves have done, and they're referencing their their successful experiments. They're they're only they're only going to pass along the experiments that they've done that have been successful. That they know that there's total good and no downside. See. And when they see you running an experiment with, that they've run in the past that they know is unsuccessful, they'll say, please, <laughs> you know, I've done that. I've been there. It doesn't lead to a good place. You know, so they, they try to look out for you. They're, they're basically saying, don't play in the highway. <laughs> you know, so. Then, you know, o over time, you'll have the great fortune uh, and, and the Satya gurus, they, they run in the company of saints. They know, they know a lot of saints. The saints and, or their brothers and sisters. And uh, the, the Satya guna teacher uh, has established communion. Communion with the divine and, and communion with his brothers and sisters. Yeah. Um, they are they are truly faithful to God no, no matter what you see they are truly faithful to God you know, because as we look into the world and look at a teacher what you see is their form you don't see their heart <laughs> see and as as people growing and moving in the path of yoga, moving in the path of sanctity, the, the, the most important thing you can uh, focus on is the teacher's heart. You know, really, really, really watch the motivation of their heart. That put all of your attention there. Forget, uh, you know, whether they're wearing beautiful robes or they have a beautiful body or the, the, or they fill some kind of um, notion that you have. Oh, a guru is supposed to look this way. A guru is supposed to act that way. Forget all that. It, it, all of that's not true. Th those are just, those are just uh, pretty pictures and assumptions that, that you've sort of acquired. Uh, but none of them are valid. You know, you can go to India... And this guru's, you know, walking around and walking around in rags, you know, I mean, total rags. And there's other, there's other genuine gurus who are walking around with splendid robes, and they're of equal value in terms of the quality of their heart. So you, you can't tell. But you, you sort of have to acquire sort of a, a level of progressive understanding. You know, from A to B to C to D. In the beginning, you know nothing. You absolutely know absolutely nothing, and you can't recognize a stone from a guru. That, that's just where we are in the beginning. But there are ways of training yourself to find such souls. Again, the root is you're looking at the heart. But in order for you, if I have glasses on that are completely opaque and I can't see through them, it means I can't see out in the world. You have, you have to clean your own lenses so that, that you can recognize such sanctified souls. Uh, you know, 
the darkness of your mind obscures the light of day. So you have to remove the darkness. The way that you do that, there's multiple ways that, you, that have to become part of your habit. Basically, studying the scriptures is super, 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 super important. Because in studying the scriptures, you're learning uh, uh, the attitude and the ways of saints. Um, you're getting injunctions in self-purification. So that self-purification is just saying another way of saying removing things that obscure your vision. You know, whatever obscures your vision. All the self-purification methods, that's what they're doing. They're, they're allowing you to have clarity of vision so that you can see what's in front of you. Because we don't. We, we, we absolutely don't see what's in front of us. You know, because we don't have the skill to see a person's heart. You know, we see clothing and we see situation, but we don't see their heart. So the scriptures are, are super important. Another avenue of, of training your insight is by reading as many biographies of saints as possible. Because if there's a saint present, there's always disciples present. <laughs> One way or the other, there'll be some, there'll be a crew that that's traveling along with, with that with that saint. Um, so, study the relationships. Every time you're reading the biography of a saint, you know, study study the relationship that that guru has to his guru, and study the relationship of the people around him to the guru. Because you'll see every level of person is around a guru. Don't think that oh, only, only you know, divine, lovely people hang around gurus. That's not true at all. You have everything from the devil himself to the angels hanging around gurujis. That's, that's just the truth of the, of the situation. You know, people with uh, Tomasic minds come because uh, they're seeking power. So they think, oh, that guruji has power. I want some of his power, or I want to find out how he got that power. So that's why they're there. They're there seeking power. You know, the, the, the Rajaguna people, the very passionate people think, wow, this is a wonderful festival. I feel so good being around him. So they're there sort of trying to acquire some kind of self-satisfaction. And then you, then you have the people who come, who the the sattvic uh, uh, students who come because they are looking for truth and they're looking for some reality and sanctity. What is sanctity? You know, what is truth? Those, those are the ones who have a higher mind. Those are the sattvic students. See? So you, you have every level of person coming around Guruji. Don't, don't think that, oh, there's a crew of 50 people standing around the guru they're all good people that's not true you know some of them are as wicked as sin they're not there for sanctity they're there seeking means of power you see so it's when you go to an ashram or you go to a temple don't think everybody in the room is good it's just not true you know everyone's there for their own reason you know some people want to feel good and they're there for the festival some are there for power some are there for truth 
See? So the world is the world all the time. You know, don't think that this spot in the world is just wonderful and beautiful and this spot is a ghetto. You know, I've been all over the place. I've seen some of the most lovely people in the most wretched ghettos and some of the most wretched people in the most lovely homes and in, 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 in the circumstances. Some of the most wretched or in the most fanciest places and the most beautiful and, you know, rich places. The, the, the most guttural, selfish hearts I've met in those circumstances. And, and, and the most charitable, kind and loving hearts in, in the most miserable ghettos you can imagine. So you said, don't let circumstance blind you. Always, always look for the heart. Look for the person's motivation. See? So by studying, you know, scriptures and, and studying um, the biographies of saints, you'll learn a lot, see? And bit by bit from those two sources, you'll learn methods of purifying your own psyche. And then as you purify your psyche, you'll be able to see more and more the nature of the people around around you. Always look to people's motivation. Forget what people say. Forget what they're doing. Always look for two things to look for with human beings. Look for their motivation and look for the nature of their heart. Motivation and nature of their heart. That's what you should pay attention to. Everything else is just baloney. Everything else will just obscure your understanding. It won't give you any clear vision. But motivation and the nature of a person's heart, pay attention. That, that's where all of your focus should be on. Not the pomp, not the circumstance, not on how erudite they might be, not by, you know, 10,000 people, 100,000 people are following this person. Well, millions of people follow, you know, you know dictators. You know? All, all of Germany was, was, was ruined in the past by dictators in the 1940s, late 30s, see? They had millions of people following, but they, they, they followed them right into the gutter, you know, causing various genocides, see? So just because you go to a, a, a place and there's, the room is full of a, you know, a thousand people or a stadium full of people, don't think that that person is necessarily a sanctified soul. They've just learned the art of a profound manipulation, most of them. The real gurus are really rare. They're really, really rare. The gutter gurus are everywhere. The, 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 the passionate gurus, you know, they're plentiful. The sattvic gurus are rare. The sattvic gurus are, are the souls who have gone through birth after birth of fire, birth after birth of sacrifice. And because they know the sorrow of the world, their whole business is to alleviate sorrow. See, they're not here to get fame, to get praise. They're not here to consume. They're here to help, you know. You know, 
you know, once a person has truly suffered and, and knows the meaning of privation, those are the people who become the doctors and nurses because they, 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 they acquire such a profound empathy that they don't want anybody else to go through that kind of suffering. So they, they come back as the healers. See? Really, the, the, like the masters, the masters are the liberated ones. Yeah. The, the saints serve the masters. See, and eventually a saint will become a master. Uh, the, the masters really are um, God's embodied energy in the world. You know, they're, they're not really human beings. They, they embody themselves as a human being and they suffer the, the, the thorns and difficulties of the human condition, but they're not really human. They, 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 they psychically exist beyond the human realm. The human realm is still a realm of bondage, see? The masters live in a, in a world or reality beyond bondage, see? So the masters come into the world and coming into the world in, it, in and of itself is a sacrifice. And they, they wear the body of, of, of the human and they'll, they'll bear the sufferings of the human, but they're, they're never attached to the human condition. Like all of us, we're attached to the human condition. So when we suffer, we really suffer. <laughs> you know, we're convinced of our suffering, but the, the masters, they will suffer, but they also know, they are also rooted in the felicity of the eternal, see? We're, we're bound by time. They're not bound by time. See? We're bound by ignorance. They're liberated. There is no ignorance for them. See? They, they come back as an act of profound mercy. See? The saints are beneath them, and they're, they're, they're sort of purified hearts, but still they're struggling souls. You know, even a saint can fall. As long as you're in this world, and as long as you are bound, you can fall. See? That's why I say that fallen angels. Well, you have fallen saints, too, and you have fallen gurus. You know, someone can be very, very good, and still some crazy thing from their past catches them and pulls them down. It happens, you know? But bit by bit, as that person goes birth after birth, they'll purify, 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 and then less of the hooks of the world, and less of the hooks of the past can pull them down. See? They, they've, they've made enough errors and recognize their errors to, to go around them. They go around the, the difficulties. So, the reason I've said all of this stuff is we're talking about um, having fidelity to a guru. First, you have to find a real guru. That's why we had this big, long talk in the beginning. You have, you, you have to have something worth 
having loyalty too. Otherwise, you're just going to end up in the gutter. And loyalty or fidelity to a guru takes a long, 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 long time. You know, don't run into it and say, okay, I'm 100%. That's not true. It's, it's just not true. In the beginning, you're like 2% fidelity. And then as you work and as you struggle, then you're 5% fidelity, meaning, you know, loyal to the teacher. And, and when I say loyal to the teacher, you're loyal to the principle of love and truth in the teacher's heart. That's what you're loyal to, the love and truth in their heart. You know, that's, that's, where, that's where your fidelity should lie. See? And then, you know, you then over birth, then you're 30% fidelity, and then over to 50%, then 60 and 70%. So it's something that grows over time. That's why you have many, many births with a teacher. You know, and actually you have many births with several teachers, not just a teacher. You know, you'll, as, as a disciple, over your incarnations, you'll have births with good people, and then many, many births with, with uh, the guidance of saints. See? And then, uh, bit by bit, you're, you're in, intensifying your love of God, your love of love, your, and your love of truth. With each birth, you're intensifying that, that love. The love of love, love of God, and love of truth. See? And then you'll land up associating with souls who have that that love maybe to a greater extent but it's it's present and you're growing into that love of truth love of god love of of love and when i say love of love i'm talking about liberated love not not binding love so it it takes a long time and a lot of times people around they could be, a lot of people are around Guruji's and then somebody whispers, oh, that Guruji did this or that Guruji said that. And all of a sudden, they themselves start whispering, oh, he, they didn't see anything, they don't know anything, but then they start the, the nonsense rumor. So, it's a, it's a, it's a, situ, it's a difficult situation. You know, you, just because a person becomes a disciple or becomes an aspirant or is hanging around the guru, you have to understand that each person standing there sort of has um, their own aperture of how much they see. Just like you know, a lens in a camera has an aperture that opens and closes. And, you know. So it's a very, being a guruji, is not particularly a pleasant job. <laughs> you know, people think, oh, the Guruji is a sanctified soul, there's only love and peace. That's rubbish. You know, Gurjis get so much so much rubbish poured on them because they're in a position of a public view. And everyone's looking at them based on their aperture or their level of perception. <laughs> you know? So sometimes a person says, oh, I love you, Guruji, I love you. And two seconds later, he says, oh, this Guruji, he's, he's, a, he's a con artist. Oh, he's chasing girls. Oh, he's doing this. Oh, he's doing that. You know? It, it, 
it's a the Guruji sits in a very fickle situation where people's vision of them is going up and down, up and down, up and down. It, it, it's, not, it's not particularly pleasant or an admirable position to be in. But from the Guru's side, they constantly just fix themselves on God's presence, God's name, and they just sort of take the, the sort of the sea of rubbish going, you know, like an ocean goes up and down, up and down all the time. And that's the situation the teachers in, where everyone's feelings and thoughts are constantly going up and down. Sometimes they're saying they love you. Sometimes they're saying they, they hate you. Sometimes they're saying you're moral. Sometimes they're saying you're immoral. It's like, Jesus Christ, just give me a break. And we do get tired. It, 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 we do get tired. It's like, Jesus, give me a break. <laughs> what is this rubbish? But our job is just to, to profoundly concentrate on the infinite uh, truth and love of God. And we maintain our, our stability in that. We hold, that's, that's the rope that we hold on to. And just, um, uh, it's just a case of relentless forbearance and relentless uh, uh, persistent thought of God that allows us to sort of just keep going. <laughs> Because the world is the world. The world's not going to change. It's up and down, up and down. I love you, I hate you, I love you, I hate you. That, that's the world. Now, f- the growing student should watch the teacher and, and watch how they hold on to their internal sanctified heart. And how they learn to, by watching that, you'll learn how they bear the infinite amount of rubbish. Because as a human being, someone says, I love you. And you feel, oh, I feel wonderful. And then next minute they're saying, I hate you. you and, and your heart goes up, and then your heart goes down, your heart goes up. That's very painful, you know. So by you studying the Guruji, you'll start to learn to hold on to things that are truly essential and, and not be bound by, by the fluctuations of people's psychic perception of you, see? All of a sudden, you know, a person who's been your friend for 25 years tells you, you know, I really can't stand you, and then your heart is broken. And then you think, wait a minute, I haven't changed. I'm still the same person. I'm still, I'm still honest. I'm still kind. I still try to do good. You know, you have to understand, maybe your heart didn't change. Maybe their heart has been obscured. And they're, and they're simply just reflecting that. But if you're not holding on to something stable, that unstable person is going to help you become unstable. <laughs> So you have to find things that are truly, truly stable. You, you have to find things that are profoundly stable and profoundly good within yourself and hold on to that. And as, as you can sort of hold on to the profoundly good and the profoundly stable in yourself, then you have the ability to see it in others. Oh, that's a lovely, lo- loving person. Oh, that's a generous person. Oh, that person is performing kindness based on kindness, not kindness based on some subterfuge. I'll be kind so I can get this. I'll smile so I can get that. See? 
once you, you, once you have kindness based on kindness, when people's behavior in kindness deviates from that, you'll recognize, oh, this is not real kindness. This is kindness with subterfuge, not kindness based on a, on a decent heart. See? So, the Guruji, uh, you study so that you can, you can sort of learn how to stand with God as opposed to stand with the world. The world is always tumbling. The world always has all three gunas all tumbling together. So it, it's pretty tough. It's, it's, it's a profoundly unstable ground. The gurus teach you prayer, mantra, meditation, a life of good works. That has to become your stable ground. The, Outside of those things, there's no stability. There is stability in prayer. There is stability in meditation. There is stability in mantra practice, meaning repetition of God's name. There's profound sanctity and stability in that. There is stability in, the, in noble work, selfless, selfless action. You know, taking action based on a kind heart. There is stability in those things. Outside of that, there is no stability. <laughs> There's no stability at all outside of those things. So, if, if you don't have a habit of prayer or mantra or meditation or kind works, you're going to be living in a world that is very hostile. It's up and down, up and down, up and down. There's this there's nothing that you can trust. You know, if you're, if you're trying to trust this world, that's like, that's like trusting the inmates of a, of a, of a psychiatric uh, institution. It's an institution of madness. <coughs> what are you going to find there? What, what can you trust there? What's stable there? In a state of madness, where's the stability? You got to see the world for what it is. You know, think about your friends and family, and how up and down, up and down, up and down. Are are they holding on to anything that's really, really stable? They might have moments of stability when they actually focus on something that's stable, but by and large, are they focusing on anything that's stable? By and large, I mean, I can think of the hundreds of friends I have. They're not focusing on stability. They're not. Every, everything that they're focusing on is volatile. Hence, they all have very volatile personalities. I'm not saying they're good. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying they live in a state of complete volatility. Happy, sad, happy, sad, angry, smiling, angry, smiling. You know, it's always up and down. You know, the, the beauty of, of meditation is is you, you, you come to a point of a stable, expansive, joyful silence. And it's stable. See? It's stable. Same thing with profound prayer and profound mantra. You, you, you enter, you, you enter uh, conditions of stable felicity that's perfectly natural. It, it, those, are, those are practices 
that lead you to your essential self. See? To, to, to what you really are. Not to the, to, to the volatile, volatile psychic conditions that, that we sort of, sort of lie in. You know, that we think, oh, this is, this is the way the world is. Well, no, this is the way of madness. And then there is a way, way to stability. Basically, you have to understand, we live in a state of madness. You know, just get in your car and drive down the road and see how people behave. You realize there's just madness going on. So, you, you have to acquire a fidelity to stable, truthful, loving conditions. See? And the physical gurujis are, are simply there to help you acquire those skills. And, and eventually, by having fidelity to the gurujis, where they're going is where you're going. <laughs> See? They're, 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 they, are, they are seriously on their way to the kingdom. If that's what you want, get next to a genuine guru because that's their destination and you can follow in their wake you know that that's the real deal you know whoever you follow where they're going is where you're going so if they're heading for the gutter you're heading for the gutter if they're heading for joyful chaos well you're heading for joyful chaos which is going to crash and then the real ones are heading for the kingdom and if you get next to those fellows, those, those sanctified men and women, that's where you're going to land up. See? So you, you, have to, you have to know whom to invest in. You know, wh whom, to, whom to ally yourself with. You know, whom to apprentice, apprenticeship with. Take your apprenticeship with. You know? It's really, really important. And, and be honest with yourself. Okay, I, I have 2% fidelity. <laughs> I have 10% fidelity. See, and the teacher knows exactly where you are. You know, we don't say, but we know. And, and it's not a judgment of, oh, 2% is lousy and 10% is better. It's just, we just understand where you are, you know, and that we, we want you just to increase your insight. And as you increase your insight uh, in truth, then you'll have more fidelity to truth. See? You know, more fidelity to sanctity. In the beginning, when, when we use the word sanctity, most of us haven't a clue what that means. Haven't a clue what that means. See? But um, you can think of sanctity like beauty. Over time, as, as you study life and you study nature, you come to a greater and greater appreciation of beauty. You know, like if you, if you live in the inner city, you know nothing of Yosemite. You know, you, all you know is the streets and what's happening in the streets and, you know, brick. You know, you know a lot about brick and concrete, but you don't know anything about the great forests you know, and the, and the, the beauty of, of, of nature. Because you're sort of not in that. But you, you have to say, I want, I want to study the nature of, of beauty. 
And as you study the nature of beauty, then you start to see it everywhere. And then even if you're in the cities, you can see, oh, wow, there's plants growing up between the cracks in the sidewalks. And you start noticing that. You start noticing the, the, the greenery and the flowers and the grasses as opposed to the, the brick and the concrete. <laughs> you start to see where, even in the midst of brick and concrete, beauty is arising, coming up. You know. Or instead of just seeing brick and concrete, you start to see the architecture and say, wow, that's sort of beautiful. And you start to see the sculpture. See? Because you're starting to focus on the beauty. But it, it's, a, it's something that grows. So the idea of sanctity, in the beginning you don't know what that is. And you don't see it even if it fell on your head. Just like a lot of people have a very minimal sense of what's beautiful. But as they study what is beauty, all of a sudden, it grows and grows and grows, and then they can see it everywhere. See? So, you, like, if you hang around artists, your vision of the world completely changes because you start to see art everywhere. You see in the music and the, and the theater and the painting and in the sculpture. You, you start to see it everywhere. But prior to hanging out w with the artistic people, you didn't see it, even though you, you lived in it, but you didn't see it. So, this, this thing of association is really important because the guru is a person that quietly helps you to see. They, they, they point things out to you that were present, but you didn't notice. See? So hence, being around the Gurujis are really, really important. They, they open your eyes to what's really going on uh, that's present, but you didn't notice. You, were, you weren't sensitive to it. You know? they, they're constantly opening you up. You know? <coughs> and then your aperture of vision is increasing. And then your focus is uh, becoming attuned. Because generally our focus is just sort of obscured and all over the place. and It's sort of, we live a, a whatever life. And the Guruji says, no, pay attention to this. This is actually important. Pay attention to it, look for it in the world, and look for it in yourself. See? So you, you acquire that association. And then this relationship of guru and disciple has to start in a friendship, a, a genuine friendship. That, that friendship is not a normal friendship because the guru is not looking for anything from you. you know, they, they, they actually don't want anything from you. But what they want is for you to have the same joy and opportunities that they have. It's just like a parent uh, has joy in the accomplishment of, their, her, of his or her children. You know, if you're prospering, they're like really happy. If you're smiling, they're like really happy. The Gurujis are really like that. They, 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 they're interested in your prosperity. And if you're becoming prosperous in your heart, 
that's what they really want. The, they, they want a, a sort of a stable prosperity in your heart. Um, because they have that in hidden inside themselves and for other people not to have that is is sad and they're in a different gradation of suffering and if any if any of us see a person fall into a a pit of fire don't we have a natural desire to pull them out because nobody wants to see another person burn no one wants to the the allow another person to have that kind of suffering, your, your instinct is to pull them out. So that's the situation. You know, the, the, the teacher's standing on stable ground and the student is standing on unstable ground. Nobody wants to see you fall. You know, everybody wants to see you stand in unstable ground and, and, and have a joyful, prosperous heart. That's just, that's just healthy, normal. You know, if, if, you, if you want... If you allow other people to fall and suffer and you don't do anything about it, aren't you really unhealthy? Aren't you psychically unhealthy? You certainly are. Whether you, whether you understand it or not, you're psychically unhealthy. If you don't, if you don't seek the welfare of others, you know, the more selfishness you, is in your heart, the more unhealthy you are psychologically. See, that, I'm just telling you the truth. You know, check, check your selfish level. See? All the saints are altruistic, every one of them. So, you're trying to have fidelity to truth and to a liberated love. That's what you're, that's what, that's what the fidelity, it's, it's not fidelity to the person of the guru. It's fidelity to what's in their heart, see? It's the, it's the fidelity to that principle in their heart, that living conscious principle that, that's awakened in them. It's in you also, but it's just not awakened, see? You have it. There's no difference. It's just one is awake and one is sleeping. That's, that's, that's the difference, see? The, the Guruji's job is to wake you up to what's stable, in your heart, what the true nature of your heart is in an awakened state. That's the job of the guru. And, and you, sh you should have fidelity to that, that principle of truth and liberated love. See? That's, that's what you're, you're trying to acquire fidelity to. But it, it, it comes to you in an embodied form so that you can relate to it. <laughs> you know, if it was just some like etheric principle that you couldn't talk to, walk with, laugh with, eat with, it's just a it's principle, you know? And we don't know if it's really, really real or if I'm really, really imagining, but if that principle manifests in an embodied condition, some, some teacher, some guruji, then it's, you can have a, a dialogue, you can have a back and forth, you can have a questioning, you can have an inquiry, you can have experiments that, that you can talk to the teacher and, and sort of ferret things out. In that guru-disciple relationship, you literally spend hundreds of hours with the teacher, just sitting on the floor having tea, 
asking about the nature of God, the nature of truth, the nature of reality. This hundreds, thousands of hours just sitting, talking, or walking and talking. That's why you see in all the all the saints in the saints in discipleship, they're they're always walking around with the teacher somewhere. The teacher's going here, so they're going there. The teacher's going there, so they're going there. And there's always there's always dialogue. There's always conversation. There's always a teacher pointing this out, or or or, or demonstrating something, so that you can become a witness to how sanctity functions in the world and, and the profound diversity of, of sanctity functioning in the world. See? So, as, as your fidelity grows, meaning your, your inner loyalty grows, you'll end up spending more and more time with the teacher. And it's not just more time in a birth, it's more and more time in multiple births. You know? You'll come back over and over and over with that same soul will be present in your life. The, 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 the Guruji is the one being in your life that has more loyalty, the, more loyalty to you than you have to yourself or your parents have to you. Because the Guruji makes a pledge before God to help. When, when such a pledge is made, you can't get out of that. You know, if you make a pledge to a person, ah, you can change the terms, you can say, you can forget that contract. When the Guruji's pledge to God, there is no equivocation, there is no back door, there is no way out. None of that exists. You know, that's a that's a ironclad agreement to help, come what may. See, they're even, they're more loyalty that they're they're more loyal to you than you are to yourself. It's hard to realize that, but it happens to be true. Because they're they're looking at your your entire evolution, not just who you are now, in this moment. They're looking at you over a spectrum of time. And they're, they're going to do whatever they can quietly to nudge you along to your final completion. They're going to do whatever is in their power to help you. They have that loyalty to you. It's not loyalty in the moment. <laughs> I like you now. <laughs> it's not like that. They, they are always going to be quietly there, you know, putting the wind in your sails or helping the wind in your sails for you to have your perfect completion. That's their dedication, and that's the pledge they make before God. So, you, so hence, finding a genuine guru is really important because those are the only souls that are going to make such a pledge. Everybody else, you know, is... There's a level of self-interest. With the Guruji, there's not a, there's not self-interest. It's it's just not there. You know, they're they're doing a seva to God. They're doing a service to God. You know, each person is is a is a project, and they're doing it 
selflessly for the love of God. That's what they're doing it for, for the love of God. They, they, they don't have, uh, they're, they're not looking for anything other than it, other than to cultivate a flower of God into its full expression. And each soul is like a flower of God. So the, the Guruji is like a gardener. You know, he, he just, he or she is just trying to do whatever is possible to have that soul come into a, a <coughs> full bloom. Whether it happens in this life or whether it happens in a hundred lives from now, that's the contract. You, whatever, whatever it takes. You know, you, 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 you're, you're in it for the long haul. So, hence, you know, to find, to find such souls is more precious than winning the lottery. <laughs> you know, uh, more beneficial than li li having the lottery. And, and the thing is, when you meet such souls, they'll introduce you to other sanctified souls so that, so that you realize this is not a one-off. This, this is just seeing evolution and then being able, to, uh, being able to participate and to come to know or witness other souls who are further along in the evolutionary process. See? So that you know that the ground that you're moving has been well tread by other, other beings. It's not just you alone. Other, other beings have made this journey, this sacrifice, this tapasya, you know, this glory walk. They did it. You can do it. <laughs> you know, if no one had done it before you, wouldn't you be a bit insecure? <laughs> you know? Being the tip of the arrow is the toughest place to be. But when you realize that other people have made this journey and have made it successfully, meaning they've moved to perfect wholeness and perfect completion and perfect joy, and they've actually made it, well, then there's a certain like, hey, okay, they did it. I can do it. I'm going to work on it bit by bit. You know, but I'll get there. You, you, you get that confidence in your belly that it's a can-do. See? So, the, the Guruji will give you the more and more confidence and, and, and help to, to clarify your understanding of how to do things. It's, it's, it's not like, oh, this is going to be easy. Well, it's not. I'm going to tell you straight up. It's not. You know, look at the life of Buddha. Look at the life of Krishna. Look at the life of, of Jesus. You know, look at the life of Moses. Oh, did they have? Did they have an easy walk? No. Did they have a walk to glory? Absolutely. Did they have a walk to perfect felicity? Oh, absolutely. But was it tough? Absolutely. So you you got to get real about it. It's it's not easy. But it is a joyous conclusion. So. Basically, as, as you're acquiring fidelity to a Guruji, meaning you're acquiring fidelity to truth and liberated love. That's what you're acquiring fidelity to. And that simply is uh, uh, within that teacher's heart. See, It's not their body, it's not their position, it's not their robes. It's, the, it's their sanctified heart that, that uh, you're becoming loyal to. 
and over time, you know, it's it's good. Like you can see, like in the, we're in a Judeo-Christian country, so it's easy to study the the relationships of the, the disciples around Jesus, or the disciples around Saint Francis. You know, it's it's important to to study the disciples, to to, to see their their nature, and and to see those who become accomplished and those who fail you know a lot of times people become disciples uh, of, of a genuine teacher but then because of their own weakness they'll fail they'll turn against the teacher you know so we have the, the judas stories but that's it's it's there to show that this really happens this guy actually was near a mahatma a great a great being but failed see so it, it shows that you can be in the right circumstance, but because there's a deficit in your own heart, you fail. See? And the, the key is to realize, whoa, there's such a thing as a Judas. I'm going to check my heart to, to see what, why I'm here. You know, am, am I here seeking power? Am I seeking, you know, you know just personal satisfaction? The heck with everybody else? Because you'll see a lot of that. You know, with, with this like new age spirituality, everyone's like, oh, I just want to be in bliss. Oh, kind of a bunch of rubbish. How can you possibly be in bliss when everybody around you is suffering? What's the matter with you? You know, what's the matter with you? You're thinking, oh, I just, I just want more cake and ice cream for myself and everyone else is starving. Give us a break. Are you a human being? Or are you less than an animal? See, be real, be real. You know, how can you be happy when everyone else is around you is miserable? You know, is, is, that, is that a state of love? Or is that a state of selfishness? Be real. So a lot of this new age stuff, when it's all about the person and on my joy and my bliss, and oh, give us a break. You're in a gutter and you don't know it. You know, when you're just thinking all your thoughts are about your own pleasure. It's a gutter and you don't know it. I'm just being very, very direct with you. <laughs> you know, teacher wants everybody to be happy, everybody to be successful, everybody to be stable, everybody to be housed, everybody to be fed. <laughs> See, you know, you know, God didn't give oxygen and light just to one group and not to the other. <laughs> he gave it to everybody. So you learn, you know, you you learn to to see what real love is, what real truth is. And you get that in infinite dialogues with the teacher and infinite experiments and methods that the teacher gives you. So the teacher teaches you how to pray and how to practice mantra and how to practice meditation, all to clarify your vision, all for you to see the true nature of life, the true nature of stability, and also to be able to recognize the madness of the world. See, you, you, you have to be able to understand what is stable and what is not stable. But if you think the unstable is stable, then you're a nutcase. But most people are looking at the world, seeing the unstable, and think that that's really normal. See, that's like saying, we all live in a madhouse and it's normal. The madhouse is a madhouse. Realize what it is. See, don't ally yourself with the madhouse. Realize it's nuts. They're out of their minds. You know, find what is truth. 
find what is un, un, unbound love and hold on to that. You know, you know, by constantly repeating the name of the various names of God, whatever is the name of God that means something to you, by constantly repeating that, you, you become like what you associate with. See? So that's the, that's the beauty of mantra. And then you can start to... Mantra is like a lens of experiencing the nature of God. And same thing with persistent prayer. You know, your mind is elevated out of, out of the gutter of materiality into a, a, a supra condition where you can again start to experience the nature of God. It will manifest. Or the practice of mantra. Mantra is to stabilize the mind, to, to make the mind enter a state of pause so that you can see what's happening beyond the activity, beyond the common activity. You can see the super, supra activity of what's going on in nature as opposed to the common activity. So you, you can see beyond the theater of the world to what's, what the true energetics that allow things to be. So, of course, your mind changes. You know, you, you change your behavior. You know, we, we, we learn to focus on what's really, 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 really important all the time. It becomes your habit of, of focusing on what's really important. All of this you, you, you acquire by acquiring greater and greater fidelity to the teacher. See? It's really, really, really important. You know, please study the saints, you know, and study the, the disciples of the saints, you know, and how the disciples eventually become teachers themselves. See? These, these, things, these things are important. And, and, and think about to whom you have fidelity and why. See? It's really, really important. You know, the greatest disciples are the souls who have the greatest fidelity to the teacher. Real teachers, real Gurujis. The greatest disciples are the ones who have the greatest fidelity. The, the, those souls are also the ones who are willing to make the greatest personal sacrifices. Not, not sacrifices in, a, in a, a, a negative way, sacrifices in a positive way. There's no masochism in our practice, you know. There's no hurting yourself. But there are sacrifices that must be made. There's no way to the kingdom without sacrifice. Matter of fact, you can say the sacrifice and love are equal. They're the same energy. True sacrifice and true love are exactly the same energy. I'm not saying negative sacrifice. I'm saying correct positive sacrifice and love or absolutely equal. Just put an equal sign between those two words. They actually are synonyms. You know, but we're, we're, we're sacrificing selfishness. We're sacrificing egotism. And if you sacrifice your egotism, you sacrifice your selfishness, what's left is God. What's left is true love. See? So, but you have, to, you have to find true teachers and then have fidelity to them and then 
birth after birth after birth, you acquire deeper and deeper fidelity. So if you have 2% fidelity, what we want from you is a pure 2%. <laughs> you know? And if you have a 30% fidelity, what we want is a pure 30% fidelity. You know? We don't want maybe 2%. We want a pure 2%. <laughs> because we know if you got 2%, eventually you'll have 3 You know? So the key is don't lie to yourself. <laughs> you know? Like, I know, I have my master's, Sadhguru Sankeshavadas. I've seen thousands and thousands of people around my master. You know, and over time, you acquire deeper sensitivity to, to know what's going on with people. And, you know, the reason most of them have don't, don't have very much accomplishment or no accomplishment is because their fidelity was very provisional. I'll, it, they think that they can do business with the guru. You give me this and I'll give you that. You can't do business with the guruji. It's, it's not possible. It's, the relationship doesn't exist like that. You know, uh, their fidelity is a joke. You know, you know as, as long as you make me feel good, you know, I'll stand here and say how great you are. Doesn't mean anything to a Guruji. It's just a bunch of rubbish. You, you, there's nothing you can give us. We, what we get, we get from the kingdom. You know, we don't. We, we don't need you. We are. We do serve you, but we serve you out of the love of God. We don't need you. See, you know, need is a state of incompletion. We, we we find our completion in the kingdom, not in humanity. See. That's right. Human beings are trying to need each other and get these things from each other, and they're, they're busy doing psychological or physical business with each other. The, the teachers are not like that. The gurujis are not like that. They seek their completion from the kingdom, from God, from the reality, not from humanity. See? Human beings seek completion from one another. Totally, totally different. Totally different system. Totally different. See? So you can't do business with us. That's not how it works. But you can travel with us. We, if the teacher's heading north and you're heading north, we're good. <laughs> you know? It, it, it's just the, the, the more uh, significant disciples are people who want to travel the whole distance. They want to know what pure love is. They want to know what pure beauty is. They want to know what pure sanctity is. They want to know what pure truth is. Those are the more developed disciples. And those are the ones who have greater and greater fidelity, you know, with the teachers, see? And you'll move through, you know, various gradations of discipleship, and then you'll move through gray, gray, various gradations of, of sanctity. And then eventually we all become masters in... in, in in our, in our evolutionary process, meaning liberated souls, you know, having perfect felicity and, and perfect communion with God, with truth. Perfect communion, see? And perfect obedience to God. Now, that's a concept that some people think, wow, I don't want to have perfect obedience because I want to be myself. 
let me give you an, an example and a, and a visual. If you go out into the desert and look at the night sky, you know, how immensely beautiful that is. It's like, like, oh my God, I have no idea there's so many stars and how beautiful it is. Every one of those planets, every one of those stars is in a state of perfect obedience to the kingdom. And can you see how beautiful they are? How infinitely beautiful the sky is when you have a, a perfectly, like, like if you're in the middle of a desert or in the middle of a forest or in the or middle of the ocean where you can look up and just this unbelievable beauty of the sky. Every one of those planets and stars and galaxies are, are in perfect fidelity with God. They're perfectly obedient and they are perfectly beautiful. See? So when you acquire obedience to God, you're, you're entering into a state of perfect beauty. <laughs> you know, you're not corrupt or, or distorted. You're entering into a state of perfect beauty. Okay, what's not to like? Where's the problem here? <laughs> the only problem is your behavior. <laughs> you know, so we should seek perfect obedience to God. Perfect obedience to truth. Perfect obedience to liberated love. See? That's what that's that that's what your that's what your obedience is too. To to the perfect love, perfect truth. See? And and to sacrifice ignorance. That's what that's the that's what has to be sacrificed. You have to sacrifice all of your ignorance. See? And enter into a Perfect obedience in truth. Perfect obedience to love. See? That, that's the journey that we all have to make as souls. And it's a can-do. But you, you do have to think about your fidelity. What is your fidelity to truth? What is your fidelity to liberated love? Not selfish love, liberated love. You know... Be you, the, the teach. What's difficult about being around a teacher is a teacher demands honesty. <laughs> you know, be honest with yourself, and that's not always, not always pleasant when we have to see, uh, you know, various uh, uh, ignorances that we've held on to. Some ignorances that we actually really like, you know, but that's not good for us. But we happen to like it. That's difficult about being around a teacher is that being around a teacher is like going next to a hot fire where all the baloney is slowly get, getting burned off. So a lot of times people are like, we like the light, but we don't like the heat. <laughs> so they, they stay at a distance. And it's only, it's only the disciples who are going to go far who enter, 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 and take the light and the heat. <laughs> And the light illuminates and the heat burns off the baloney you know so the the real the, the highest disciples have the highest fidelity and they're willing to enter the fire see they'll take the light and they'll take the heat you know but that purifies them and then they become one thing you see they're not many many things they become one thing see one thing of God they become not many things of man. So, 
that's why you always have everybody has different relationships with the Guruji. Some are two percent, some are ten percent, some are twenty percent, some are fifty percent, some are seventy percent, and and some some are all in, where they're willing to sacrifice everything. See, so, and it's evolutionary. Don't don't just just the key is don't be worried about where you are. Just be honest about where you are. See, just be honest about where you are, and then over time. You know, you, you'll make that journey as every soul will make that journey to perfect felicity with the Guruji, which which, which, trans, which transmutes into perfect fidelity with God. See, because your, your fidelity is not to the person itself, but to the, to the Guru principle within the being. And the Guru principle within the being is the God energy, see? So bit by bit, this is this is um, what you're learning. So first, try to rec to recognize the guru and what they are, and and the different levels of teachers: the gutter teacher, the passionate teacher, the sanctified teacher. Those are three levels, and then the liberated teacher, which is like a master, like Sadguru. There's several, Ramakrishna, Nanda Moyama, these are, these are liberated beings, they're, they're all masters, you know, and make, make a conscious journey, a conscious journey to beauty, a conscious journey to love, a conscious journey to truth, and be honest about where you are, and just, just stay on the path. You know, read us read the scriptures, Bhagavad Gita, you know, Bhagavatam, and Narda Sutras, all these different scriptures. And many, 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 many scriptures. Read as many biographies of saints as, as you can. You know, even like reading the life of a Mahatma Gandhi is really a fun, fantastic study. Because you you you'll see like Joe average guy with all the normal neuro, neurotic tendencies to a guy who became a saint you know and a great leader you know but he didn't start out that way <laughs> not at all he was like joe dude you know but he became a great saint you know was it easy no was it magnificent absolutely <laughs> you know did he did he help an infinite amount of people along the way Absolutely. He's a beautiful contemporary study. You know, look at Mother Teresa, another wonderful saint, you know, a contemporary of ours. You know, now she's passed away, but she lived in our time. They're there. There's many. There's many, many, many. But you have to, you have to seek them out, and you have to think about their lives. And then, bit by bit, work your own experiments, you know. But part of the problem is people don't know who to follow. You know, they think, oh, there's 100,000 people following that person. They must be a real Guruji. Come on now. You know, how many people followed Hitler? How many people followed Pol Pot? How many people followed Mussolini? You know, come on. Get real. Just because there's thousands and thousands of people following doesn't mean the person has a purified heart. 
or has a purified vision. See? So look at our contemporary politics. We're sort of swimming through the gutter right now in contemporary politics. It's life. So the thing is, find souls that, that have made a very profound, very positive contribution to humanity and study them. And then bit by bit, you know, work out the experiments. Are there any thoughts or questions? This is the behind the scenes <laughs> discussion of, of how to do this stuff. Because it's not, it's not really written in the books, you know. It's, it's not there. You have, you have any thoughts or questions of why one should have fidelity and what is the nature of fidelity? And even looking at the, like, the Jesus examples, you look at all the different apostles around him, different levels of, of, of fidelity, or, or any, any of the great you know, the saints. Any questions or thoughts? <laughs> Was this a little out of the box talk? I don't know. <laughs> so, I just, I just, I want you to have the fairest shot at the best results. That's why I'm, I'm saying these things because I see all the time people following rubbish, rubbish, rubbish teachers. And thinking, oh, how wonderful they are. Oh, my God, you have no idea. <laughs> you know? You know, one thing you have to understand about a con artist. A con artist, the first thing they're going to do is be your best friend. <laughs> right before they take you. <laughs> See? A con artist will always, you'll be always like, oh, he's such a nice guy. Oh, wonderful. Until you realize my wallet's gone. <laughs> you know? Or my heart is broken. <laughs> See? They, they're going to befriend you. You know, be careful. Be careful. You know, be able to have a... You know, the thing is, carry your common sense your entire life. You know, exercise your common sense all the time. Exercise your judgment all the time. You know, exercise your critical vision all the time, to the very end. You know, whether I or others say something... Check it. Check everything that we say. See? That's why you have scriptures as a, as a, as a reference. Is this guy saying something that's true, that's been, that's been uh, uh, testified to by the great souls, or is he, is he making it up as he goes along? And if you don't read scriptures, I've gone to so many satsangs where the guy up front or lady up front will say half of the information correctly and the other half complete fantasy. And people who haven't read the scripture don't know when they deviate from the scripture because they haven't done their due diligence. So I, I want you to do due diligence so that you know when someone starts making up stuff, you recognize it. I've like sat in an audience where a person is quoting scriptures and says the first portion of, of, of the, the sutra of the scripture correctly and the second portion completely distorted. It was like, didn't anybody else notice that he just twisted what was said? It's like if I took a Bible stanza and put half the stanza I said correctly and the other half I said incorrectly. Don't you think you should notice it? Well, if you read the scripture, wait, wait a minute, that's not what it says. But I've sat in an audience where there's 500 people in the audience and nobody noticed when the guy, person was twisting 
the scriptures. You know, it's like, and I'm looking around thinking, wait a minute, hasn't anybody read that scripture? No, what he just said is, is nonsense. There's no, nowhere reflected in the scripture, that particular scripture. You, you have to read the, 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 the basic text to know when people go off, you know, on their own tangents. You know, if you don't read that stuff, you won't know. You'll just be thinking, ah, yeah, everyone else is saying, yeah, yeah, it must be right. You know, do your due diligence. You know, it's your life that, that's, that's in the balance here. You know, if they're running off the cliff, so are you. So, you know, use your intelligence. You know, follow your intelligence, follow your gut, study the scriptures, read the biographies of saints so you can, you can see all the different situations that the, the disciples and the masters and the saints have gone through and how they handled it, you know then you'll be successful. You'll be successful. So again, are there any final questions or comments or anything that I, I've missed? <laughs> All of this I'm saying because I want, you, I want your success. I want you to be successful. And I want you to see the things that I've seen. The, the reason I'll... I'll never go off this is because everything that I talk about has been verified. I'm not guessing about anything. You know, are there masters in the world? Yes. Are there saints in the world? Yes. Are there angels in the world? Yes. Why? I've met all of those. All those three conditions I've met, I've seen, spoken to, those are all realities. Now, I want you to be able to say they're realities through your own personal experience. Once it happens to you, it's a fact. It's not like maybe a theory. It's faith. No, no, no. I, I want you to meet all, all these different gradations of beings. And, and then you, you're on the path and you'll never leave it because you know this is a fact. This is real. You know, there, there is a state of perfect completion, perfect fidelity, you know, that the saints and the masters talk about and that we're all on the way there. And you can, you can be on the way there efficiently or very inefficiently. You know, you can be going in a zigzag or you can be going in a straight line. The, the straight line is the, is the least painful way. You know? So you, you just got to get your compass set and go. You know, and then come what may, keep going. And the, the teacher is, is your biggest fan, you know, to, to keep you just going true north, you know, without deviation, without complication, go, see for yourself. Okay, any final questions as I'm asking again, or, 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 or thoughts or comments? How do you balance, like, looking for what's stable and secure versus maybe what's more exciting, exhilarating, more fulfilling. Like I feel like there's sometimes those are different things in life. Okay, this, that that's a, a really good question. So basically, you're saying I want to party along the way. <laughs> yeah, like I know what's right, but I also know I like you know. But I there's these not a, things also add joy to my life or value in another way. Sure, I I think that's a great yeah. question. Look, they they say Jesus said. Give to God what is God. Give to, the, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. 
It doesn't mean you can't party along the way. <laughs> you see? So, meaning, try to be a good and sincere person, a kind person in the world. That's giving to God what is God. But, you know, that doesn't mean you, you can't go to the Rose Bowl, you can't go salsa dancing, or you can't go to the theater. You know, you can have... Part of life can be a festival. No problem. Just don't hurt anybody. See? So, you know, have times of, of deep seeking and inquiry and, and, and holding the presence of God in your heart. And then enjoy the fruits of the world. God put music in the world. God put flowers in the world. You can go out to the, enjoy that. You know? The, the, those are all part of the creativity of God. All the art, all the music, all the theater. Go clubbing, no problem. Just don't hurt anybody. The, the key is take a good and kind and honest heart wherever you go. Can you go rock climbing? Yep. Can you go salsa dancing? Yep. You know? You, you enjoy the world. You enjoy the world. Can you have love? Yes. Enjoy. Your own sexuality? Enjoy. But take a, a kind and honest heart with you. That's, so there's a balance between the, joy, the common joys of the world and taking a kind, joyful, honest heart into all those conditions. See? You know... God didn't make you devoid of hearing music or devoid of your sexuality or devoid of your love of art. God allows all of that. It's just bring a kind, loving, honest heart to those things and then you're good. You know? Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> that answer your question? Yeah, so. <laughs> you know? Enjoy your life, you know. It's fine. It's just bring those qualities with you. Don't don't separate them. I'm being a good person now, and I'm going to be a little, you know, a little spicy. Oh, just bring your good heart with you. It 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 it, it it's you know like you know people think that their sexuality is not godly or away from God. Oh. That's just nonsense. It's nonsense. You know, your, your human sexuality is part of your, your existence in the world. Over time, just bring a kinder and more honest heart to the situation. Then it's just like anything else. There's no difference than anything else in life. You know, don't... don't Secure it over here as something different. No, it's just as much a joy as you're jogging or you're dancing or you're going to the theater. It, it's just another pleasure in the world. But just bring a kind, honest heart to it. That's it. You know? It really is that simple. It really is that simple. Don't sequester it over, oh, my sexuality or my art. Or, oh, don't do that. Just... It's, it's 
Oh, be a natural human being. Be a natural human being. Joy is part of nature. But the, the love and the kindness and the honesty, that's all lights of the kingdom. Just, just take it with you. That's all. Any other? That's a thoughtful and interesting question and, and an important question. <clears throat> Don't think, oh, my godliness is here and my, hmm? my, my spiciness is... No, no, no. <laughs> just have spicy godliness. That's all. <laughs> it's okay. the way you talk about gurus and I I kind of like what comes to my mind is people who I then more call like a, a mentor in my life people who really truly um, you know started off as a friendship but have guided me and looked out for you know the best parts in me along the way exactly go to for certain things and and things like that I've always been just said oh that's like you know like a life mentor so when you're talking about gurus, is there kind of like an additional spirituality aspect to it? or like, No, what you're saying is, is true. There's unconscious gurus and conscious gurus. Anytime a person is, is mentoring you uh, with honesty and love, that's a guru. Uh, in general... Our, our regular mentors are unconscious gurus, mm-hmm. uh, meaning a, a, a light of God is coming through them, mm-hmm. but they're not really conscious of the source. Yeah. So, so they're unconscious that this is actually a godly energy. When it's, when it's really a, a genuine, unselfish, loving energy that's trying to move you towards truth, mm-hmm. that's a guru. Yeah. But if they don't recognize the source of it, and they don't dwell in the source of it, they're an unconscious guru. See? So they're like, a, 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 they're an honest, kind mentor. Uh, when, when you use the word guru, in the, in the higher sense, they're, con- they're persistently conscious of the source mm-hmm. of, of that energetic. See? So a mentor, you can say, is an unconscious guru. Okay. See? But in the higher sense, when you say guru, using from the purely a spiritual context, those people dwell in the consciousness of, of the source. They know exactly where it's coming from. And they're, they're obedient to the source. See? They're obedient to it. They know it's not of them. Like a, a common mentor might think it's of them, their personal wisdom. But a, a, a guru from the spiritual sense knows it's not of them, that they're sort of uh, a conduit of, of a higher energetic. You know, see? There, there's no uh, sense of uh, possession. See? But good question again. So there's conscious gurus and unconscious gurus. And guru is not only just a person. Nature is a guru. You know, we learn a lot just by observing nature. Nature is a guru. Scriptures are a guru. Because they're they're giving you something and not taking anything out of you. They're giving you something. See? You know, life is a guru. You spit into the wind, it comes back on you. (laughs) You know? You know, there's a causal, cause and effect. 
you know. So there's many, many, many gurus. The, the, the human guru is just, I can't say higher, it's just, it's just another guru. Because nature is, will teach you as much as, as anything else will. You know, your life, if you're paying attention, will teach you. You know, that's another guru. And scriptures are a guru. Humans are a guru. So, you know, a guru is anything that's going to honestly teach you something about truth. You know? So, there's many, many gurus. Yes? Is consciousness also a guru? Now, you said consciousness. Conscious. Or conscience. Conscience, yeah. Correct. Conscience is a guru. Not consciousness. Conscience. Your conscience, your conscience is your, is your first guru, really. Just your, 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 your innate sense of right and wrong. Your conscience is a guru, without a doubt, 100%. Now, you could be thinking something, one thing, and your conscience is saying something else, and your consciousness is telling you that. <laughs> it's telling you what's really true. So, those are the things you have to think about. So, you've, today, you, I think you've heard a little bit of a special talk um, uh, so that you can guide yourself and, and, and not land up in the gutter, in the ditch, you know, you know. Some people land in the gutter with full sorrow. Some people land in the gutter delusional and joyful. <laughs> but it's still the gutter and they don't realize it. <laughs> and then some people go, go towards completion. Yes, my dear. Um, you touched a little bit about um, you know, how can we be happy when we are surrounded by suffering. And then you talked about how all this New Age talk is about self-bliss and self-happiness and, yeah. and all of that. And I feel like I've just heard so much of that lately. Um, it's everywhere. Yeah. Why did that come into existence? Like, why is the new, like, why is that now? I think they mean well. They're just ignorant. <laughs> they mean well. But when, when you're just thinking, when your song is me, 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 there's a problem. Mm -hmm. Because we exist in a sense of us and we. You know? If, if your neighbor is starving and you're fat, there's a problem. You know, there's a problem. There's a problem of selfishness. Like, I'm good, I'm eating, I'm doing well, but my neighbors around me are all starving and you don't recognize their suffering, and you don't share your bounty, there's a, you know, the, the selfishness of the new age is the problem. The, their motivation is good. They want to be happy. That's, that's part of our indigenous nature. But there is no happiness based on selfishness. See? That's the, that's the new age problem. They think there's happiness bound with selfishness. You have to be unbound of the selfishness. See? Happiness is good. That's a godly thing. But it's when, when selfishness is bound to happiness, it, that's the problem. And that's the problem in the New Age, where it's all about me and the heck with everybody else. Mm -hmm. See? They're, they're not thinking about the welfare of all. There's no altruism in, in their concept. See? That's, that's the limitation that they have. When it's all about their sense of pleasure, 
you know, their sense of personal joy without the desire for all to be well. See, that's the power, pro- problem in the New Age. It, the, the New Age concept is good but not matured yet. See, it, 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 hasn't, it hasn't entered a wisdom stage yet. It's still bound with selfishness, and that's their problem. You know, I feel like there's this focus of, you know, you need to do what's best for you. You know, you got to take care of yourself so that you can then give to others. Well, what you said now is correct. You, you do have to be strong in yourself before you can share your strength. But you, you gather strength in yourself so that you can be part of, of a stronger community. So that it's not just about you. It's always about growing towards all to be well. So you have to be well, yes. But in- inherent in that is you're well so that all may be well. So that you can share wellness. See? Not I'm well and the heck with everybody else. What if what's, what's best for everyone doesn't feel like what's best for you? Then, then that means you have to do a deeper inquiry. Because what's really, really good for you is really, really good in society. Mm-hmm. If it's truly good. Mm-hmm. But often we think of things that are good for us, but really are hidden types of selfishness. So I'm prospering while others suffer. See? So we have to do a, a deep inquiry. We have to be profoundly, ruthlessly honest about what is really good. Not what I like, what is good. I mean, I like a lot of sugar, but it's not necessarily good. <laughs> See? So we have, that's why we, we study scripture to, to increase our discrimination as to what is truly good as opposed to what, what I like. See? Okay. Any other questions? Any closing questions from anyone? You all ask really good questions, and I, and, and I appreciate it. Because we've got to take the opportunity to ferret this stuff out. You know? All right, then what we can do is, if there's no more questions, we'll, we'll close. Craig, any questions before I we shut, shut down the, the, the shop? <laughs> any questions? No? Okay. So, what again, we'll, we'll chant OM three times and sit for a few moments of silence.